I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And here we are for our preview of the preliminary finals box head. Uh, business time. No second chances. We got to that well, stage. Well, the teams are all battling for the premiership. For premiership. <laughs> there was no second chances last week, but it's real crunch time right now. You've got the Cowboys, who everybody basically had written off to make the eight full stop, let alone end up at this point. It's been a fantastic year for them. You've got Parramatta, who there was plenty of noise coming to the season. Obviously, the window was closing. This was their last chance. The stuff that's come out the last couple of weeks, the way they've responded to get back to this point. You've got the Panthers, who have just powered through the year. Coming to this game, they're only missing one player that would be... Well, literally one player of their top 30 is injured. It's Taylor May, and he's suspended anyway. And then you've got Souths, who had to battle a little bit early on, but they pulled it together. They filled some holes. They solved some position stuff as the year went. Latrell come back in. The halves got better. They got through origin. Um, unfortunately... After claiming two decent scalps, they've got a couple of injuries this week, but well-deserved uh, to be at the point they're at as well. Yeah, for sure. So. And look, I think the narrative heading into this finals was, you know, I was the most competitive bottom four we've ever seen. Well, if that's the case, then we've only got one still still there, and they look like they're probably the most wounded out of the other three. So it just, again, amplifies the meaningfulness and the importance of finishing top four, I think. Yeah, and I had somebody ask me today, you know, chances, thoughts, tips, which obviously we're going to go through, but said as much, like almost every year you lean towards the two teams that had the week off just because, for the most part, if they had injuries or they had niggles, the two weeks is huge. The home field, if you get it, is huge. Well, Penrith Penrith don't have home field. Yeah, I get that, but I still think there'll be plenty of Panthers fans rolling. There will be. So, in a way, and they're used to playing in big situations. They've got plenty of guys that play rep footy. I don't think anyone from the Panthers complaining. Um yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to it. These games should. Do you be... think the Panthers had a choice of where to play that game, or just nah, automatically a call? At this point, I don't think you should. Week three, to me, you have to have a minimum standard. So obviously, North Queensland fits that. I think nothing less than thirty thousand. Yeah, but um, what, for example, why couldn't they go to Allianz? The Cowboys, Penrith. Oh, they could have gone to Allianz, I guess, but for the demographic, it's South home stadium that's closer to Western Sydney. If you're asking me as a Penrith fan, I'd rather go. I'd rather go to Acor. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, what I'm asking is, do you think they had a choice? No, I don't think they did. I think they would have gone with the biggest stadium for an option in Sydney, which is Acor. Yeah. I think I saw today... We're members at the stadium, so... Their hope today in the paper, I think, was they get fifty to 55,000. So they're obviously well, I just got an email... That the Panthers for roll. Two for one. They're selling two for one tickets. So okay. Tickets can't be going that good. Well, not even in that sense. Like, I think just to get bummed in on seats and people through the gate, you should make it more accessible for a preliminary final. But if Penrith fans travel, like, you know, they've been That was even out. for Category A tickets. Like, you can buy a... Yeah. 
$85 ticket Good and you get two for one. So if there's anyone listening now that wants the code or even for me to flick the email through, send us an inbox on Facebook or just get in contact with us on one of our socials and I'll give you the link. Like if you're going to go, you might as well get yeah. two for one and save some money. And it'll get you some beers well, or some food we, for your family. We went the other year during COVID. I know that's a different circumstance when these two played. Was it yeah, it was a prelim, yeah. And that was sold out then. That would have been 40-something thousand. And I, I know that part of that comes with the lockdown and whatever else. But I reckon these two teams, the way they're going, their fan bases, if Penrith's selling out 20,000 every week, I'm sure most fans would be keen as mustard. So yeah. you think they'd roll deep. And South have involved in two games or three they, they games in a row up. that have been sold out at yeah. Allianz. And they so. turn up big when it's finals time. Yeah. So I, I think what I saw today probably makes sense. I reckon they should get 50,000 Yeah. if the fans are, you know, ripping in and getting on board. Grand final, though, we know always is just a fate of complete. Yeah. Of Some people come for the occasion, fans turn up for them because it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. For others, it's just a great day. Like we go every day regardless. But looking at this one when I read that today, Fifty to fifty-five thousand. I thought you'd, you'd bloody hope so. Yeah, definitely. those two teams, and they've got beef from the last few years, um, which we will touch on when we get to it. But preview on these games brought to you by Bluebet.com.au, and that offer is there again this week for all finals games. Back a team head to head, and if they lead by six or more at half time, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner, up to a hundred dollars in winnings. Lead by six at half time, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Our charity account for Bears of Hope. $1,102.50. Very generous blue bet people. And uh, our man Simon, who helps us out, we've got two cracks this week, two bets. So trying to help Thank us. Thank you, Simon. More in the kitty for you our charity. Legend. So we'll have one on each game and see yeah. what we can come up with. Let's get it going. That's what we're <laughs> hoping for, for Bears of Hope. So again, if you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with someone who supports charity, bluebet.com.au. There's no one better. Yeah, we've got to yeah, thank them for. They've. Could not have done more for us this year. No, and again... They got us some tickets to the uh, Panthers para game as well, which was unreal. Yep. So, uh, really appreciate the support. We like helping you know, a good cause, and they're helping us help a good cause. So, much appreciated. Help me help, help you. Basically, that's helping us. We're doing bugger all besides dribbling, which... Good feedback from the other night. We had a rant at the end, which I quite enjoyed, because yeah. we just went off the beaten path. A lot of people were all well, over that. They also like the buzz impersonations, mate. We got a lot of good feedback out of the buzz impersonations. I, I don't know how often I get messages saying there was no buzz this week. Where was buzz? I want right. him to jump in every now and then just to give a little bit of a journalistic impression, yeah. a little bit of journalistic input, okay? Love a bit of buzz. Love a bit of buzz. All right, let's jump well, in. Well, Phil, you want to throw people under the oh, bus? He's still on the hoops. <laughs> he's just back at his mate. That's what any good person would do. <laughs> All right, let's go. Cowboys-Eels Friday night up there, uh, North Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Like we said, if you want to talk about a home advantage or a hell of an environment, this is going to be massive for the Cowboys. Um, The place will be absolutely heaving, and this week would have been crazy. They were talking about the last bits of accommodation on the outskirts of town were $800 a night. Um, The place would be absolutely going off. You can only imagine if they do somehow end up winning this game what the Mad Cow is going to be like in town. Yeah. The place is going to be yeah. absolutely spilling over. So the Mad Cow will be full of Mad Cows. Some keen Cowboys fans, I'm sure, this week. But Parramatta, um, like we said, a lot of drama last week, a lot of noise. They tackled that head on. They had come up with a hell of a response. And this week, I guess the only sort of little bit of drama, looking at the lineups as we do, uh, Cowboys, nothing to really note there. They've named Gilbert to start, no surprise, off the bench. You know, they'll go with that Leilua Hess sort of impact along with Neem. 
Hamiso, I don't know how they get him into the game, but again, they like having that coverage there. They've got big minute forwards, so for that for them that works. Um, it's worked all year. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. Parramatta, the question mark obviously that I was going back to was Opacek, and there's been a bit of talk about Nia Kore going there, or do you do the reshuffle? And I heard someone say something before about. You know, Wanga Blake got his confidence back last week, so why would you move him? I'm like, well, I've, I just wouldn't want him on the wing full stop because I don't want him catching bombs. Mm. I don't like him on the wing. I think as Simon's much... Simon's into the wing and put... Yeah, I'd put Wanga into the centres, and I don't want yeah. Nia Corey taken away from my strength, which is... I, I, I lean I lean with you. I lean that way. I want blunt force trauma if I'm Parramatta. That's my attacking style. Blunt force trauma is the three-prong attack. But I also think boys. you're going to need more middles on the bench and more rotation. Yeah. So I, this is this is the week I'll have to be honest where I wouldn't play Jake Arthur for the reason where I think fatigue is going to become an issue the weather the conditions may become an issue I'd play Jake Arthur as my 18th and I would just bank on not getting an injury in the halves and just I think it's the week where you've just got to push your chips all in because the last thing you want to do is get to the end of the game have not used Jake Arthur and have been beaten in a tight game and think that Potentially, some more interchanges or even another fresh body could have helped you win it. I still so think they I, can I get away. I throw my insurance policy out the window this week. I think they can get away with three, but it's the three they yeah, pick. So I, I don't. He's gone with Cartwright and Arthur. For me, I'm looking at Cartwright going, well, again, what are you going to do? You're not really going to roll He's not in. a middle. He's more an edge centre. So if you're going to put one more on your bench, I'm going to do what he's been doing. I'd put Madison back to the bench, start with Nia Corey. And where have they named Nia Corey? Roll in he's on the bench, on the bench well, but he yeah, never does. So he always starts at 13. That's going to happen again. So you're going to have Oregon and Madison coming off, and if I was going to have a Who's third the, option... Who did he name in the back row? Same as he always does. Lane, Madison, and uh, what do we call it? Papali. Yeah. So the two back rowers played. The 13s, he swaps over. His two middles play big minutes. He gives a short stint for those two guys to come off. They'll play 50, 55 minutes. So I, yeah, I think we're underselling the impact that the conditions. Oh, have. I'm not going to sell it. It's I thirty. It's a really, really hot week. It's thirty during the day, and it'll be mid twenties by kickoff. So yeah, it's, but it's going to be thick, like that it's always thick, thick air, it's and humid, and so I'm with you. But I'm saying if I'm going to pick the extra, if I'm going to sacrifice somebody this week, I wouldn't be playing Cartwright. I think he either needs to commit to Makatoa, who's played barely any minutes, or him and Nathan Brown need to put their differences aside and you unleash the angry ant for 15, 20 minutes, and give him a stint in the finals game. Yeah, but I I wouldn't play Arthur. No, but if you this go week. if you go a full four prong bench attack, and you have to keep Cartwright because you need somebody then at least who covers a few positions. Well, New Corey does that. If yeah, you he just go Blake back row. Yeah, but, I wouldn't be playing. I wouldn't be playing Cartwright and um, New Corey. I'd be talking. playing one of them. I'd I'd make you shuffle. I'd move Blake into the centres. Play Simonson on the wing. I wasn't saying that. No, I'm saying you change Bryce. the bench. Nick is playing regardless. I'm mm-hmm. saying if Arthur's gone and you keep Bryce, I, I'd I'm putting Nathan Bryce Brown and, in. Yeah, I'd put Brown in and Makatoa. My bench, all... be, my bench should be Brown, Makatoa, Kafusi, Nuokoro. All right, so if you get any issues, I guess, what, your reshuffle options, I, basically. You could reshuffle it. Okay. You could reshuffle it easily. But for me, the, the only one that is there is Opacek. And yeah. I'd just prefer to put Wanga back to centre and Simonson. Move Gutherson into the halves and Simonson done a good throw job. When someone he was there. back. Well, who who have they got in the outside backs? They have a fullback there. Yeah, you could throw Wanga Blake back to fullback. I know you wouldn't want to. Yeah, but... So he's the last fucking person I want at fullback. Yeah. Simonson's your only option. He's the only one you got there. I'd just play him full stop. Yeah. I thought he was safe when he was in. He's good in yardage. He does his job. Um. So they basically what you got line up wise, but. 
in talking about how these two teams play, I think there, there's certainly some points of difference. We talked about last week with Parramatta. Most offloads in the comp, and it come to the fore really early on that game, made a huge difference, and then their power game. The blunt force trauma with that three-prong attack starting off, just plowing through the middle off the back of that. They just keep rolling through the front door. They move the point of attack. Their two halves were onto things a bit earlier. They actually use the football, more shot-shot sort of stuff that we're used to seeing more like Penrith rather than all the setup plays we saw the week before where it was just lay one more in, lay one more in, yep. lay one more in, and before you know it, you're like, oh, we've got to kick now. So I think for them, you're playing up against a, a very good side in North Queensland, but more a high-energy side, more a workman side, like between McLean, Cotter, even a Gilbert in the back row is more of a grinder. Their only sort of real impact middle carry is Tom Lola. So if I'm them, I'm really looking to work over that middle. Get at Cotter, who you know can put a high volume workout, but he's a bit smaller. I'd be trying to hammer him. Hammer Robson. Get at someone like McLean, who's not the most mobile. Um, you know, just really try to roll through there. And in terms of their shift shape, I think you pointed out probably the best thing to take away from week one. I thought the Sharks found it a little bit too easy to expose that space between the half and the back row that you were talking about. Mm. I think they scored three or four times on the Cowboys there. And they were doing that sort of wraparound shape where you hold up with the back row and the defence sort of holds for a minute and the halves, Moylan and Nico Hines were sort of sweeping around yeah. one another. I know Parramatta sort of don't play that way, but I think if they put enough of a dent in the front door, they made 200-plus metres and got plenty of second phase and quick play the balls off both their edges last week. So I think there's a little bit of a blueprint or something to take yeah, out of the video. I'd be encouraging Paulo and Madison to play with the footy a little bit. Just with some inside-outside push. Uh, with a wide pass off the nine. And just try and... Well, the thing is, right, if you, if you play that real narrow shape, go go from the nine across to a big middle, have an inside and outside, you're going you're gonna to achieve one or two purposes. Number one is you're going to find space because you're going to find some width and the, the pass will be quite easy. Or it's, actu- it's actually going to narrow three defenders for you because there's going to have to be one that has to address either of the players. You then play out the back of, of the guy on your outside and they're, they're going to have to pull that half in or that back rower in, which is going to open up space on the outside. So, yeah, I, I want to see Parramatta get into that sort of shape, like that triangle shape, arrow shape that everyone sort of calls it through the middle of the field and encourage Paulo, Campbell Gillard, Madison to run fucking hard but to also look to pass and also look to play at the back and just, yeah. Play. I think Parramatta are going to, and what Brad Arthur said after the game, I couldn't agree with more. They Like, go after the game, attack the game. Go there with a plan that you think is going to work and, and execute it. Don't just talk about physicality and the grind and all that bullshit. There, there comes a point where you've got to go out and try and win games. And last week they would try. When to... you're building a style, you talk about physicality. When you're building a mindset and a culture and you know a foundation for your season, you talk about physicality and the grind. But they should know how to fucking do that now. Now it's about what's your plan, how are you going to pull apart your opposition and executing it for long periods of time. Mm. Well, they certainly did that last week. So it was outstanding. Said. What I saw from them last week was was really good. The week before, they looked like they didn't have a plan. No. They wanted to get into a penis contest with, with Penrith, which the best team. Yeah, Instead of taking top. advantage of the advantages they did have. Yeah. And again, full Look credit. at your cards. Come up with the best play. Like you said, they're no, better off playing, playing with well. a little bit of skill as well as that power. Rather, They've than got it there. The week before, Use they just it. tried to go hose for hose with Penrith yeah. and 
didn't work. And I'll be I'll be rolling down short sides as much as I can. I'll be encouraging my halves to use up my back rower and then rolling around that short side and just at least having a look. Well, particularly for me, that space we just talked about when you talk about attacking like yeah. that edge back rower. Because even you... if they make that tackle, if it's a wide space, it's more than likely yeah. going to be a legs tackle. Lands on his front, bounce around and just... Look, well, if they get the numbers right, then you go back the other way. Red lights for me <laughs> right here is sort of hitting right post or getting around that post with those middles. And if you get a quick play of the ball, I'm going along early straight to Brown and that lane spot where he likes to engage that half, which would be Townsend and Nanai. Nanai, like I've said a million times gets real before, tight on his inside shoulder. not only does he get real tight, but his defensive issues at the moment are not technical it's system but this is a kid who played no football for two years out of COVID who is now borderline representing Australia yeah. so why he's still a bit green between him and Chad which is particularly where the Sharks went a few times that's the space I want to get well because Chad's the same he and, wants to get really yeah. tight on his inside shoulder so Dylan it's gets, quite clear how they their defensive principles on the edge are yeah. to defend your inside shoulder which is cool Dylan gets deeper than anybody in mm. my opinion so if he gets there he may get an opportunity to run himself and score he may be able yeah. to isolate Lane and we've already said it before you try to tackle that motherfucker, he's a statue. They end up on his way, staying up, hanging off. They never seem to get the ball. He always seems to come up with line break, offload, line break, assist. Yeah. I want traffic more around there. And yeah. I think they can get a lot of love off that. But the middle, same sort of deal. I, I think you just need to batter him, kick really well. I think we know Moses knows what he needs to do. He needs to do what he did last week. Put it in good spots. Um, in terms of their back three, they're very, very strong. I think probably your biggest threat out of the back three is Tuolagi. You can't let him promote second phase. He's got more offloads than any winger in the comp. He's really good at getting bodies in. They run heavily from dummy half, the Cowboys. So I think you know you can sort of jam and make a real emphasis when you transition into defense. Yeah. Play one and two. They're not the sort of team that shift out of trouble. They will if they get in trouble. But for the most part, you know it's going to be a felt Tuolagi sort of carry early in the set. Drinkwater's the one, if anyone, who's going to try and dish and pass. And Hiku, he'll kind of have 20 carries as well. But Tuolagi's the one I'd really have a focus on getting stuck into. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he's a guy that will get three on him and the ball still comes out. Yeah. No, I think he leads offloads from wingers 20, 30 plus. No one's even close. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they've got a whole lot of worry out of yardage. I think Drinkwater, like I said, is the one you've got to look for if that ends up being the case. Holmes will definitely, I think, find things this week as well. So you've got to do a job there. Um, I think, you know, in terms of what the Cowboys, what else you can sort of do uh, to the Cowboys, the bench rotation, I think they match up pretty well. If you have that start off, like we said, with those three big guys and sort of just pump them, match them there, try and go with them um, and get some early points, which I think they're going to need because I honestly think the Cowboys are an overall fitter side if it turns into a cycle, ball in play type affair, if you're not putting stuff in the bank. Mm. I think the Parramatta's going to have to find points. But para, uh, on the flip side, that when Oregon, Madison come on, and then pending, like you're saying, how he plays his bench, you know, you, you're going to have to match the Cowboys. The Cowboys do have a pretty good dynamic. Like McLean and Cotter and those sort of guys start things off, you know, pretty basic. And Tamalolo is that real focal point. But Luciano comes on, Cohen Hess comes on, he's got a bit of more footwork. Even Neem, Neem scored some tries, been able to get in the space. Yeah. So their bench is certainly, I think, an underrated bench for me Definitely. Yeah. in the competition. There are a couple of guys that probably don't get enough credit. Whether he deploys Lucci on an edge and he gets a little bit extra time and it saves some of his extra interchange by getting Gilbert in the middle, who he knows is just a worker, I don't know. But that's a real key point for me this week, similar to what you're saying in terms of if they're going to go with just those two guys and essentially not use the other two, they better want to do a bloody good job with that starting three that they've got. 
Agree. Because yeah, if yeah, they yeah. don't, the Cowboys have got a hell of a bench to deploy. Their three will do a job. All different sort of roles, but we know Lucci can jump on an edge, ball play, offload, isolate a half. You know, we've went through the middle, good footwork. You know, he's certainly lifted his defensive effort since he's gone up there. Hess has just got great leg speed. The move from the edge to the middle for him is the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, defensively, he used to get caught on Ireland. I think now in that middle role, it just suits him. He's a powerhouse. Yeah. And Neem, like we said, is sort of emerging. So um, I think most things for them, yeah, it's just all starts with that blunt force trauma. That three, doing a job in the middle, second phase, and the halves just having no fear to play off the back of it. Yep. And I want to see Moses run. Last week, seen him run and actually touch the footy. Like Dylan Brown was ridiculous. He had 26 runs, 300 plus fucking metres. We know what he's going to do. Mm. But when Moses runs, they look their best. And generally when he runs, he kicks well. Yeah. So uh, that on top of Reed and Gutherson obviously being on the back of things. He was a busy body last week. Reed playing off the back of that pack. Like his impact simple. It has to come off the forwards. If the forwards aren't in there, he's not a guy that's going to manipulate craft and create a lot for himself, obviously. Mm. So their forward pack's the real point of difference. But for the Cowboys, I see the opposite side of it. I think more absorbing. I think they're probably better with the ball. I think they do a lot of the smaller principles in terms of like push supports and pushing on their carries and they grind and they'll kick. And you know, Chad's going to do basically that same thing over and over again where he loves propping up right hand side, right foot, right corner, rinse, repeat. They front load their energy. They load up heavy, play one, two, real heavy. They're more like a Penrith style team in that regard. I think they're on par, if not as good in terms of loading up play one, two and trying to strangle in yardage. They love that shit. Yeah. Um, they're obviously probably not as flashy in attack. It's not saying they don't have good weapons. They've got great weapons. They've got one of the most dynamic back rollers. They've got guys that can produce offloads, drink water. He's probably the main spark, but I wouldn't say they're your prototypical spine. It's more Chad's the conductor. Dearden will threaten and run and play short if he sees space. You know, he'll take off. Drink water kind of fires a shot here or there as the one who brings that sort of X factor. And Robson, you know what's going to happen. If there's a man down or there's a quick play of the ball, he's a bulldozer. Yeah. He's just going to punch to the middle. He beats guys physically. He can create line breaks. He'll tip guys into space. But for the most part, if he picks it up, he's tucking and running. He's not really manipulating or doing a hold it around that middle. But if they're rolling, he's rolling out. Yeah. So that's big thing for Parra, I guess, like we're talking about in the heat, is also why you want him to play that football. Can't turn into errors. Because um, we know in the humidity, the ball does get wet. But if they turn cheap footy over and get into a cycle game with the Cowboys, they'll go the distance. They won't look to blow their stack early. They'll try to go and front load and kick and control and just wait for opportunities, wait for errors, wait for turnovers and try and set themselves up in good ball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think we've seen similar deal. What they like to do, um, Chad will set most things up yeah, for Dearden. They've got, they got a lot of passing in there. Like, everyone in their team can pass pretty much. Yeah, they've got a really highly skillful team. Mm. And it is that sort of collective effort, I guess, like And they'll offload. So, Parramatta need to ensure that six tackles is six tackles. Yeah. Not, you know, make contact, have a late offload, or, you know, go into contact, short pass, down up, you know, six again, because you're trying to dive in, you're trying to win tackles late. I think the Cowboys... They, they also need to come in with a plan. You know, what, what are Parramatta going to do? You think Parramatta are going to try and really challenge us through the middle of the field? Yeah. Okay, so we've got to weather that storm, but how then are we going to fatigue their middle? Yeah. How are we going to gas their middle? What's our best strategy to do that? Okay, this is how we're going to do that. And then, you know, how, how do we how do we play the long game with that? How do we how do we attack them when Campbell Gillard and Paulo are off the field? Because that that's a vital time as well, I think. Mm. 
Well, uh, that's a time where then you probably narrow into the middle of the field and you yeah. start to go at Red the other guys to make sure middles. that you get those middles back on the field as quickly as possible mm. and you're ensuring that they're having to play big minutes. I think so it'll hopefully blunt their impact on the game. You're certainly right in that regard. They can get a bit looser when their middle comes off. Or yeah. even, even the back-end stint of a Paulo and a Campbell Gillard. It's not saying they don't have the yeah. effort, but when they are in that last sort of five minutes, you know they can get a bit lazy laterally. Yeah. But Marnie's obviously your spot. Marnie's the guy you want to traffic at. Yeah, definitely. They'll be trying to play that sort of tight shape where you hit the ruck and just duck back into the drain if he's there or if he's second or third man like the B or the C, he's the one I want first every time. Yeah. you got guys like Cotter who are deceivingly strong but very low. They get play the balls. We know that Tamalolo is the real focal point. He's the one they've got to stop because when he gets going, that's generally what gets Robson going. Yeah. Um, McLean, un- unsung sort of year. But also at the same time, they're good at breaking patterns in sets. Like if they're bogged down, play one, two, they can throw a pass, a one-two early to a Hiku or like you said, a Tuolagi comes up with an offload or they're good at getting to someone like a Nanai who can get down up and kind of save a set. They've got a few guys there that can have that little point of difference. And yeah, sure. They won't get bored like we talked about. Certainly in the Seattle game the other week, I know it didn't end up panning out in a result and they missed a couple of players, but to the back end of the point there where they just had some misfires and attack, they never went away from deep kick, putting them down inside that 10 or 20, turn them around, front load, and they, they went after South for the whole game. Yeah. And they've done it all year. And I think for them, like we said, that cycle, ball and play, and effort on transition, especially defensively, it works for them. It, it's it's stolen them a couple of games late. They stole the one against the Sharks. They stole the one against Manly. They've had a couple of results really come for the fact that they will do that for 80 minutes. They will not go away from the small things. Um... But yeah, I um, I, f- I find this one difficult to be honest. I think the more I think about it, I like Parramatta, but I think the week off is a huge advantage, and I always lean in favour generally of the team that did have the break. And I don't think you're going to get a bigger advantage than this if the Cowboys beat up there. No, no, I I agree with that. I'm just firmly of the belief Parramatta and Penrith are the two best teams, so mm. I'm going to go with Parramatta uh, with the acknowledgement that um, the Cowboys have got a home field, they're rested, they've got the conditions in their favour. Their record against Parramatta, particularly up north and in those conditions, is uh, second to none. I I just firmly believe in my heart of hearts, in my opinion, Parramatta and Penrith are the, are the two best teams in the competition, so that's the way I'm going to go. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of a lot of my faith depends on you know the makeup of the team and what they run out with and how they play. Uh, I'm gonna be yeah. I, if Parramatta don't do certain things like some of the things that we've outlined, mm. I think it'll be a real long, long night for them. I think if they believe that they're just gonna be able to roll in and 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 like I said earlier, roll in with physicality and grind and all that bullshit they carry on with. No, they need that then the they're, balance. They're not going to walk away there with a result. No. The balance of last week was playing that football but yeah. then off but the But they had the right to do to yeah. play that football. And then they played off the back of it. Mm. Sometimes they're either just sideline to sideline or they're too basic. Yeah. But at times, like you said, don't earn the right. Last week not only did they earn the right, as soon as they got that advantage they took it they would then play back into that space or they'd shift the football or they'd go coast to coast because they actually had it. The Penrith game just felt like, like you said, they wanted to play their sort of game. It doesn't suit them. Look, I think Penrith will be praying for the Cowboys to get through. I don't I don't think Penrith want to play Parramatta again. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, if all these guys come to the fore, Moses and Brown should really take control of this one as long as that platform gets laid, particularly by Campbell, Gillard and Puller. Yeah. And then with Murata there and then Roland Madison in, the amount of second phase damage they do and then their two-edge back rowers will have been outstanding. That reshuffle in the back line, like I said, I'm waiting to see what happens there. I hope they go the other way because um, if Wanga Blake's there and they push Murata, I think they're taken away from their best asset, which is their forward pack. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to attack those two spaces on the edges, the three and the four. Cowboys, I just think, like you said, there's just such a collective effort. What they do out of the backfield, Felt's good carry. Tulagi's good carry. They get second phase. Hiku will help out. Holmes is quality. I think him up against Penasetti's a good matchup. Penasetti's proven to be well ahead of his years on a lot of players this year. Yeah. Um, last week, he burnt Chris. That, that'll that be a great sort of matchup there. And I think what they do, you know, Nanai on the flip side of that. Similarly, he's going to have a, he's probably best challenged with him and Chad defending up against Dylan and Lane and what they do on that side of the field. There's some real key points. But overall, the middles, two contrasting middles, more a workman pack, headlined by a Tamalolo and a different sort of nine. And then you've got Marnie playing off the back of the second phase and power of the other side of the field. So, um, yeah. Really looking forward to this one, but I'm going to go towards the Cowboys. Been in my head. Um, I've been talking myself into power all week. I'm just going with all those other things you basically said before. Yeah. I think the better team, best performance on the day, their two best versions of themselves, I'd go Parramatta. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah. Yeah, we rarely get that. There's always some sort of factor or. Yeah, and that's. One team's off or, you know, one team makes a shitload of errors. So. The other thing I heard was about them being overawed about the occasion, but I thought, you know, they went. Cowboys. They went no through way. this year. They got all these guys into Origin, and particularly the last game, they called upon Gilbert. They called upon Nenai to start. They called upon Deirdre, who was outstanding. If you're ever going to fold, that's the time you were going to fold. That's a huge pressure cooker. And they all delivered in that. So mm-hmm. I've got faith that they're not going to be worried about that in this circumstance. You would hope not, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> odds with this one with bluebet.com.au. The Cowboys are $1.70 favourite. The Parramatta Eels, the outsider, $2.15. Minus 2.5 is the line. 1 to 12, 305 for the Cowboys. Uh, 1 to 12 for the Eels is 325. I don't see 13 plus in this one at all. This is one I definitely don't see a blowout. Um, the Cowboys are 365, though. The Eels are $5. Um, and I guess looking at What's Sean Lane worth any time trial? Meat bro? pies, that's what I was about to say. Look at talking about those edges we he'd talked be, about. He'd be my bet. I like Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown's three fifty. Yep. Um, that left side. And Lane's four thirty three. There you go. So that's that space that we're sort of talking about. Um, where they get to that left hand edge and sort of crash that. I think Papali on the other side's also a good chance, but Dean's a good defender. Dean certainly holds his own. Gilbert's Pretty, pretty sound. I think they'll do a good job on that side of the field. And Moses gets nowhere near as deep in the line. A lot of Papali's tries are by Papali. Just making shit happen. Yeah. It's not so much Moses playing strong in space. And, and low to the ground. Him first contact, nudging someone, like you said, getting that burrow, getting between defenders. Yeah. Like He generally creates his work. Um, on the other side of the field, though, I think, yeah, what Dylan does and uses Lane as that setup helps him as a runner and it also helps Panasini. Yeah. So if you're going to go somewhere for power... Penasini, 3.20, Lane, 4.33, or Brown, 3.50. They're probably my three picks for them. Yep. Um, Cowboys side, I don't know what it is about the bloke. He just always seems to find a way. Nanai is getting closer to threes. 
275, but Holmes just seems to be... I'll be on Holmes, man. He's yeah, playing big games. such good footy. Big games, he always finds a try. Yeah. You know what it was this year? It was game three of Origin. I was sitting home, and yeah, I was like, try. I need to come up with a bet. And then I read the... Like, one of the insights popped on TV, like, first try scorer and, like, eight of the last games in Queensland or some stupid was Valentine Holmes. Yeah. So I had a tenner. He was paying $18 because he's playing centre. Sure enough, Bang. Valentine Holmes goes the first try. Thank like, you. Forever and a day now, if I'm just fucking back in every Queensland <laughs> game until Holmes yeah. retires, I'm just going to get back with Valentine Holmes yeah, to score thank first. Thank you. Because I don't like first try scorer. I prefer any time. But he's certainly someone who's delivered on that. Yeah. Um, but probably, yeah, I like those two. Either side of the field. Um, on the Cowboys side of things Drinkwater was pretty good against them last time but if you want the sneakier value I just love the bloke because he's not afraid he scored one late the last time they played is Tommy Dearden um, mm. I'm trying to find scored one in the first week of the finals as well Tommy Dearden 375 he, he's a bloke who if he sees space or an opportunity he'll fucking take the football line. 100% so they're probably the sort of two or three that I'd be looking at on the other side of the coin uh, for the Cowboys thanks to bluebet.com.au we move on to the second game we've got Penrith Panthers up against the Rabbitohs at Acor Saturday night it's not very often you come into this time of the year and we said this before about Penrith last year went the long road had so many guys that needed surgery had to push through and they got the job done it was quite incredible but this year power through have more representatives than anybody in origin, have more representatives than our international round, literally basically had no injuries, got experience into the back end of their squad, got extra games into some guys, got to rest some guys. Your half misses the start of the year, the first four or five weeks, misses another four or five, comes back, just absolutely puts a clinic on week one of the finals. Hmm. And then you roll in to a prelim this year with all your big guns healthy. Mate, is a loss, sure, but if there was a position I was happy to lose someone... I, you know, it'd be a winger when you've got the options that they've got. They've got plenty of depth or, there, yeah. or ways to cover it. I don't want to lose a half and I don't want to lose a forward or a key position player. Yeah, I agree. So I'm more than happy if they used Jennings, Taruva or Staines. They've ended up going with Staines. Probably not the option I would have gone with, but I can understand some of their reasoning. Um, and who am I to question them? No, 100%. I'm not questioning them all. My thing was purely yardage. I know they've got enough yardage and extra help in yardage to think that they've got other benefits they can get out of Staines. Mm. Uh, the talk is they're going to flip their wingers though so May's obviously been left side that's where they attack heavy so it looks like they're going to put Toto onto the left and they'll have Staines who's predominantly played right when he's played great outside of Crichton so yeah there you go one small thing but other than that for Penrith no changes another week off like we said um, all those guys well rested especially this time of year coming like remember Fish we said it last year he was playing 60 or so minutes early in the year by grand final, I think he only played 30 or so. He was busted. Mm. Edwards, Toto, all those guys were busted. So great shape uh, for them. I think it's been a really long year for a guy like Jose Yo, who got basically no time off. So I think the week off will be huge for somebody like him. Yeah. But we look at South and we talk about it. you got to make that run in. Injuries all year, sort of filling gaps and pulling their side together. They come into this week. Alex Johnston is no certainty to play. Um, so that's it's certainly a concern in terms of a reshuffle there. You look at what they named on the bench. I'll surprise Isaac Thompson's not there. Someone said he was injured, but he's not listed in their injuries. So mm-hmm. if he was available, I would play him. Agree. And if he's if he is available and they haven't even picked him in the 22, that really surprises me. Um, they've got Kenner and they've got Mansour. Kenner's solid. I know Mansour has been solid, but I don't think now would be the time that I'd want the emotion of this game involved with Josh Mansour. Agree. So I wouldn't have had him probably in there. And I don't know if he played a whole lot of footy at the back end of the year, to be honest. 
So ideally right now, I'd, I'd probably go Thompson. But the other ones we've obviously got to worry about. Um, we know Burgess is still missing. There's a cloud over Arrow. They're saying that's something he's been carrying all year, but it got aggravated last week. If he goes out, that, that's a huge reshuffle to happen. Massive. Because yeah. they've got to make a decision now. Do they go with Cheekham, who literally himself come off a of surgery and has only just really got back to playing? Did a good job last week, but 80 minutes in this game. Mm. Or Jed Cartwright, who again, off an injury, in and out, played some center, moving to the back row. Can you hold up there? Or Host, who they had high hopes for at the earlier, has been named in 22. They said his season was going to be over mm. after shoulder surgery. He's had shoulder surgery again. He popped it as soon as he got back last time. Could you roll the dice this time of year? I, I, that's no. that's a big risk. No. Um, the one that really surprised me is they still didn't have Moale on their bench. So if everyone was healthy, bar the Johnston one saying the forward situation has been a hard village out right now, the bench I'm looking at is Nikarima, Harme Sele is the only pure middle, and Cheekham and Cartwright who are more back row center type players. Mm. I'm not, Jed could certainly carry in the middle if he needed to. He's a big enough body, but in terms of the quality of minutes, posting him up there defensively and the job you want him to do, uh, similar to last week, like to be missing Tom was one thing, to lose Sevilla is part of that rotation is another thing, and I think there's a whole heap more expectation now, particularly on Totola, who's had to be huge for that team. Yeah. In terms of what he generates and them going forward. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's going to increase the importance of his minutes and the impact that he makes across his minutes. Yeah. And then I think regardless of who goes on that wing, more attack things, I guess, now we've talked about lineups from the South perspective. Yardage is huge for them. They're pretty basic coming out of yardage. But Latrell, we talked about it. The physical version of Latrell has to turn up this week. Not the one that's passed them, not the one that's trying to play the finesse game. Yeah. We, we know what he can do. They need him big time out of yardage this week. Um, if Johnston plays, I think they're just going to fucking hammer Johnston. They'll bomb Johnston. They'll pressure him. They'll drag him. As I said last week, whether it was seemed a bit harsh or not, he's a quality first grader. But anyone that mentions him in a rep arena, I just I would not have it. The bloke's yardage carry and some of that other sort of stuff is just nowhere near what you need. Yeah. Um, and no one's better than Penrith in terms of similar deal. Front loading, kicking you, putting you in those corners and just bashing the shit out of you. If he comes in underdone... They'll tear off on him. They'll do it to Latrell just like the Roosters did, round 25. Yeah, because they're um, going to be able to execute it for long periods of time. Yeah. They know Milne's a pretty good carry, uh, so you expect Milne to help out plenty. They're going to need help from Campbell Graham, who's obviously a big body, but they need all hands on deck and yardage, and they need to be patient too. This is a team with the second worst completion rate, the second most handling errors, the second most errors in general in the competition. Penrith will not do that. If they turn over the football like they did last week against Penrith, yeah, that's right. We can talk be... about all the X and O's we want, but it'll be possession and discipline going yeah. really for South. Huge in that regard. Um, and yeah, yard, like I said, all those small things. Getting out of yardage, where you turn over the football. This week as well, it's not a time for Ilias to go exploring short sides and thinking about whether he's going to kick or not. You've got to kick the fucking ball. Yeah. You've got to right. get rid of the footy. And- kick for position. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Probably got to bring up another person, more more pressure on Latrell. I think Latrell needs to get involved in the long kicks. If they get stuck a few times, he needs to bring his boot to the party. Mm. Um, Cody doesn't have a huge boot. Ilias has got a decent boot. 
Um, but in terms of sometimes if you do get really pinned down, and we know Penrith can do that to you, mm. where you get stuck in your own half, I'd like to see Latrell a couple of times probably come up and put the super boot to use because I think they're going to need that. Agree. Yeah. Um, in terms of what they generate through the middle, like we said, you know Tatola's going to be huge, but you know Murray playing those shapes, if they just play into Penrith, they're going to get murdered. I think they have to move the point of attack. Plan B. Have to move the point of attack. Yeah. Have to play with a bit more width. Murray doing that yo sort Nathan of role. Cleary makes 40 tackles. That's right. Get to the edges a bit more. Be secure with what you're doing, though. No hospital passes, not like overly shifting, but they have to play away from the ruck. If they just play one out in the ruck and think they're going to play the power game with Find the half, well. roll down the short side, find the middle. That yeah. has to travel. It's, uh, and keep doing it. When, it you hit that, when you hit that middle, go bang, go to the other side, hit the half, yeah. go to the middle on the short side. Just keep... Arrow, yeah. him, Working the halves Murray. over and making their middles travel from side to side. Tian, Kaloa, Matungi up into Luai in that space between kick-out where you can have a bit of success. I think Campbell Graham off their shifts, the right side again. We said last week they used more than the left. I think there's a good matchup there for Campbell Graham on Tago. No, I think they're coming hard left this week. That doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me, but I think Tago is someone you can definitely go after. Yeah, if you great. get him one-on-one. He's outstanding in attack, but he's got some deficiencies defensively, if you can get to him. Big time. But you need to win the middle. So that's the question. Can they win the middle? Yeah, well, you also, yeah, you need to isolate it. If they can't win the middle, what influence can Cook have on this game? Because that's, you know, in, in general, we've questioned a lot in recent years what he's got to do, but he's my spot man as well um, on the flip side of things. But left side, huge, like you said, for them, I guess, getting that football there, getting Cody good opportunities, um, trying to get Cody hand at that space, trying to play off the back of a lot of traffic or if they can sort of open things up on those long side shifts. Latrell again, is your real key. Yeah. I think if you can get Latrell swing around to that side of field, uh, they generally do better than most people at pulling you out of shape and getting your winger. If Staines has been flipped to that side of the field, I'd be interested to see if they can get him to bite in or jump out of shape and pull it apart yeah. and get Johnston over or if it's not Johnston, somebody else. But it's pretty hard to play through Penrith. They're usually pretty sound. Nathan, to me, is the best defensive half in the comp, Martin's a good defender. In general, Crit is a good defender. I think Origin, obviously, was a bit different and he maybe overcommitted a couple of times, but for the most part, uh, there's not a lot of weak points at Penrith because similar deal again. If To me, if you can't open the middle up, it's hard to get to those spots. Luai, someone, or maybe a Tago, but again, if you can't win the middle, it's sort of hard to get that space. I don't think you need to win the middle. You don't? Well, not early in the not, set. Not to sort of not pull early space in the set. Or... I think you win the middle middle of the set. Because Penrith do Because really... you need to move them on play one, too. So yeah. the biggest Penrith... thing when they're transitioning is going to be getting Nathan off his spot. So on last play, getting into him, hitting him and holding him up and taking him out of the kick chase. I'll just keep doing that and doing that and doing that until the referees come in and start um, penalising. That'll then hopefully allow you to catch the ball and come forward, to catch the ball and get down up and put yourself in a position where on play three that you can move the ball. Because what Penrith do so well is they'll kick, bomb you, you'll catch it, they'll tackle you, there's one gone. You'll have a dummy half carry or one out on play two, boom, there's two gone. Mm. And then you'll get somewhere back to the middle of the field with a carry on play three, bang, there's three gone. And then all of a sudden you're looking to get somewhere for your kick they're very, very good at chewing up those early tackles. So, you know, you need to think about the the impact or trying to impact Nathan Cleary's comfort levels and his ability to just put you in into spots with his kicking game. Yeah. Well, I was about to more transition to the South's defensive and you've hit 
one of those first points is Nathan needs to get on the ground a few times or be known that he's not just going to have a free loss yeah. to kick how he feels. Um, but on the flip side of that, their middle, and you spoke about it last week, we talked about Souths, you know, on, on the Sharks side, I think Sharks could have popped them a few times but just couldn't pick up on the cues. Their middle gets disconnected so many times mm. when they start to go and shift shapes. They start off active and they sort of disconnect. There was three or four very obvious times they could have just turned back on the inside and gone straight to the guts. Nichols, um, you know, if Cookie generally chases over. Like you got guys like Murray, Ara, etc. They do a shitload of cleanup work. Their back rows, yeah. Kalama Tungi, but their middles in general, not the most mobile, not the most active. They do a good job hunting from like the four man out, but their middle can be really disconnected. Mm. So if I'm Penrith, I think you can expect to see a lot of Arpy keeping them accountable. As we know, you got Yo hitting that ad line. He'll look to play out, but he'll also duck back in behind if they don't shut the drain and that shape where they jumped out last week say, to, on the C defender or to the half and then dip straight back in, Nathan or Jerome, and tip into Dylan Edwards. Yeah. They'll play back get, through get the middle. Their, um, get their middles getting off hard on their outside shoulder. Yeah. And then come back into the come train. Come back and, yeah, hopefully they um, they get their angles wrong. I just think, in general, they're going to smash the middle of South because, again, if you're looking at the guys that are available, Nichols, Totola, and then what he's rolling in. If the rotation is going to be Sele, Cheekham, Cartwright, they're well under men in the middle. Yeah, Kemba Murray's going to make 60 tackles. Jairo, huh. like I said, Kalama Tony, there's going to be a lot of guys coming to clean up. Damian Cook's going to be sore as fuck because he's going to get battered as well. Yeah. And if they roll with Fish, Laota, the big minutes they get out of those guys, you know, that Sorensen and Lenu, he's got very limited minutes, obviously, but their, their starting pack is incredible. Um, the job that they're doing. Coruscant and Yo, like we said, and, and, and Cleary, they're not going to miss a beat like Cronulla did to come back to the middle. They're not just going to play coast to coast and keep shifting for no reason. If they get disconnected or they feel like they're pulling that middle apart, they'll keep going there. Yeah, of course they will. Um, but edges, they've obviously got huge advantages. We know generally left side heavy with Jerome. Kick out is your best decoy you could possibly have. Unsettling people is also best when you can get him one-on-one. I know Ilias has done a really, really good job defensively, but this is going to be his biggest challenge because I'm sure they're going to lay kick out on him plenty. Yeah. I'd be moving Ilias around. I wouldn't be just sitting leaving him three. like a sitting duck. It's just stupid. No. Nah. Put him at the around. two, put him at the four, just <clears throat> put yeah. him at different spots. We know Jerome, I've mentioned this a million times when you talk about bad middles, as the half gets further and further along, he will catch square going to the line and he'll cut back into the drain. He'll yeah. cut back midfield and skip across defenders. If they're lazy, he's scored so many times by doing that where they just get pulled apart. Yeah. Um, Tago, Campbell, Graham, for me, very interesting matchup. Good with the ball. Graham certainly improved his defence this year, so Tago will definitely get some good opportunities in attack, but I'll be interested to see defensively how he goes. And if Toto's on that side of the field, we know he can finish. Mm. So, big challenge for them. Right side, we know what Nathan likes to do. Nathan will get deep in the line, certainly be accountable. For what he likes to do defensively, and I think they've done a real good job sort of using that right a bit more since Crichton flipped over. That try against Parramatta, I think Nathan got really deep in the line, engaged and threw it at the back to Crichton. Um, who got tight over a couple of times in the corner. It was a bit against the trend of them being so left-side heavy. Um, they're certainly going to make sure that Tass knows what's coming to him as well. And Cody Walker certainly mm. someone they're going to spot up. Well, yeah, and you want to get him off his game. You know that Liam Martin's going to be niggling the yeah. fuck out of him. Niggling, they're, they're going to rub him, him at him short so many times and, and putting elbows yeah. into him in his chest. and Same as the troll, just getting get grubby with him. But I'd be getting into Elias. I'd be getting into Cook. Yeah, a lot of advantages um, in terms of that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just see a lot of things here for Penrith. I see a lot of good matchups, but more particularly these sort of 
injuries and what they've got in their middle rotation, I, I think Penrith are really going to be able to get at the middle. Mm. I think if Fish and Lauder do what we know they can do, Yo and Arpi Corrissi are going to have big days. And off the back of that, their halves are going to have plenty of time to play football yeah. and expose those two edges. Like I said, it's, I don't think it's going to be an individual thing. I think it's going to be, can they stop or hold up the middle? Mm. And I have, I wouldn't say fears, but just with injuries and the way this game goes, I think Seas need to get points early and settle in this game. I think if this goes long and we know what Penrith are willing to do, Penrith will just drag this for the 80 and kick and turn them around and lay into them and wait for errors and wait for opportunities if... If it turns into that sort of game and they can't get scoreboard pressure on Penrith, I think Penrith can just pull South apart slowly but surely. Yeah, I agree. But on the flip side, if they come out fit, fire and healthy, absolutely jacked, and these two really don't like each other the last couple of years, especially with what's happened, I could see Penrith punching them out very early and it's getting ugly potentially. Yeah. But you just don't know. This is similar to that Roosters call that I made in week one that with the bodies, I know the guys ended up going off like Tupo got busted and a few others were head knocks, but... It's never good to be coming into games with huge injury clouds because if shit goes wrong in the first 15, 20 minutes, you're just in a hole. Yeah, you're pulling straight away. And you just, yeah, it could get really, really ugly. But Penrith just, yeah, the thing that scares me, like I said, South's not the greatest yardage team. Penrith, the best yardage team in the comp by mile. No one's got better kick return meters. Dylan Edwards chews up more meters than anybody. Tyler's over there. They'll make up for Staines. Those two alone can counter what Staines offers in yardage. Sure. Yeah, 100%. But he's probably the kick target, I guess, if he's south. If you can get stuck in him or isolate him a few times and get him play one and drag him, yeah, he's someone to be after. Yeah. But overall, I know for a lot of south fans are probably listening, I'm fucked, pretty brutal assessment for our team. You've got some great players. I think they've done great to get to this point. I just think, yeah, with some of the injuries, missing a guy like Tom, who certainly helps in your extra middle rotation, all healthy and things being equal, Murray, Latrell, and Cody Walker need to have big games. And some of these forwards are going to have to play out of their skin. Agree. I just can't see how they win the, the forward battle. I really don't. Mm. Well, they've got to find a different way. So, Not just stare yeah. in the mirror and try and do it Penrith's way. I'm on the Panthers. Me too, by plenty. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping, like I said, this will be good because the Which last game... Which means go and get on South. 2020 prelim, week one of last year, then the grand final, then now... Uh, it's it's been a real good rivalry the last couple of years, and the odds with bluebet.com.au are dollar thirty five. Are the Panthers three twenty? Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs minus eight and a half is the line. One to twelve Panthers two eighty four fifty are the Bunnies. Thirteen plus Panthers is two forty five eight forty uh, for the Bunnies. And looking again at some try scorers, I, I guess left side is generally where it's at for Penrith. So. Tay goes 225, kick out 275. I think the one for me, like I said before, I reckon the way their middle sort of lingers or disconnects that Luai's got a pretty good chance of one of those tries where he cuts back in. Mm. He's uh, he's popping at 350. I, I don't mind a, a middle try, though. Those two guys, like I spoke about, Arpi and Yo, with the way their middle can get disconnected. Arpi, you know, he hasn't scored many this year, but 450. We'll probably be hoping for a little bit more. Yo's huge. I think Yo's only scored once. 650. Yeah, wow. So, interesting. But on the flip side, I think your man's Latrell. If they get into good ball, he needs to put a stamp on the game. He needs to be the one who's physical. Yeah, run, go direct. Yeah, $2.80 for Latrell Mitchell. Um, I think that's a pretty viable option there. You know Johnston's going to be short and they like to play left side heavy. Cody scored one the GF last year. He's generally always a good running option. He's at 360 
Um, but yeah, if they're going to play left side heavy, I reckon it's going to be one of those two guys. Sort of that shape they like to run. And, and your sneaky is probably Campbell Graham, like I said, if he gets a one-on-one with Tago, a bit of space, 375. Mm. I don't mind that one, thanks to au. But there you go. In-depth look at uh, two crack and pre finals box hit. Well, yeah, I was pretty uh, pretty heavy on Penrith. Yeah, well, Just I, I, I fully respect what South have done, but I'm expecting Penrith to really make a statement this weekend. And I think, again, touching on that point, as, as is, you could not have things in better shape. And sometimes things seem too good to be true. But to get to this point of the year, being all three grades and have zero injuries besides May is unheard of. Yeah. And have the run they had during the year where they basically had no injuries is unheard of. Yeah. And to miss your halfback for basically 10 weeks, finish with a minor premiership, <laughs> is unheard of. Mm. So I don't think... This is a complete opposite story to last year. Yeah. They lived in... for 10 weeks and making the finals. Yeah, they were injured. They had to fight and scrap for every bone. They come into the finals... Edwards' foot, Tyo's ankle, Fisher Harris's neck, all the, everyone was undermanned. That game was an absolute war. They had to fight tooth and nail. And, you know, if the trouble plays or that intercept doesn't happen, maybe they lose that grand final. Mm. But they found a way to win it. I, I think this one this year is you're never going to get a better chance. Yeah, agree. They're the opposite of what they were last year. They're in complete terms of opposite. Their condition, yeah. health, and situation, health, yeah. roster. Like, yeah. At home. They could not be in, in a better Sydney. spot. Yeah, so. I. I think people are probably underestimating the want to win a competition in front of a full house mm. with their home fans there is going to be yeah something special. Because remember last year, we weren't even allowed to travel up for the grand final. No, nah, we, we wanted to. Like, we tried. So yeah, The borders were closed. Similar deal. They had the one in Sydney 2020. They lost last year, was one away. And this is, again, I, I know this year I probably said that they would be more around the four and they might... Threatened for the title, but depth was an issue. They certainly proved me wrong on that. But surely next year, no Coruscant, no Kikiar. I think next year they definitely yeah, we'll see. are going to be a top eight it team. It just means that the rest of the, rest of the teams are going to have to improve. But there's going to be more holes next year than there is right now. Mm. So if you want to win, a, if you're a Panther fan or you're the club, I'm sure internally, similar to last year, like, we have to win this comp. Yeah. We have to get this one before these few guys go out the door. So big opportunity. Um, but there you go. We uh, had a look at those markets, and you've got that offer, like we said, for all NRL finals games, back a team head-to-head, and if they lead by six or more at halftime, a blue will bet will pay you out as a winner, up to $100 winnings. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms of your supply, gamble responsibly. Good feedback, like I said. I've already had someone message me saying about the league, going it was a cracker. I think it was Jamie Dutton. Yeah, it's hilarious. So yeah, he enjoyed that. A couple more inboxes from people, just saying in general they enjoyed the insight about coaching and that situation. and. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the points that were brought up there. So it's good feedback. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I've said it with people, they're like, oh, you know, this more often. Generally, you know, some weeks we're not recording until 10, 30, 11 at night. So by the time we actually get through all the content and there's eight games and a lot going on, you know, we've, we've talked a fair bit in general. So that's probably why there's not as much uh, free linger. Here we're doing in-depth on two games. But other than that, there's not a hell, hell of a lot going on. And we're also recording early because we're not coaching at the moment either. So. Mm. So it's a bit of a different time of the year, and it's good. Um, I think next week we're obviously going to have plenty of time. I reckon we'll probably have a an opportunity to maybe do fan questions next week. Yeah, that'll be good. On the fan leading. questions will be good. We can do you know stuff whether it's related to the GF or anything, sort of, because we're going to have the week. Um, big grand final preview. Yeah, what are we going to do next week? We'll do the reviews again on Sunday. Yep. 
Um, grand final preview obviously be later in the we week. Might, we could even do two two podcasts. We could do a fan questions podcast and then a preview podcast. Mm. Could do that. So we could have a fair bit next week because we're not going to have footy till Sunday, obviously. No. We could potentially knock three out next week. I don't that's know. A, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Might be able to do Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday or something. Yeah, I don't know. That would be a good... Space things out. And we'll address, you know, some other bits and pieces that have happened. I know there's been a bit today still again about Sloan, um, the Dragons, and what they're doing. And like we said last week, there's a bit of talk about what's been going on at Brisbane. But um, for the most part, at this point in the year, you don't want fucking rumours and innuendo. I've seen enough people recently basically... Saying, you know, no one's breaking down the game. I think Maddie and Cooper Cronk might have had something out that yeah. they've been doing. Um, they do a pretty good job this time of year. But in Yeah, I, of- I love I love their podcast. I love watching just people talk footy because again, I don't I don't feel as though I know everything about footy. Mm. But I, I feel I've got a fair idea because I watch a lot of it and coach a lot of it and care about it and have ideas. More the content. I love listening to other people's ideas. Nothing better. No, nah, more that and, content. And yeah, I, some of it I go, oh, I agree with that. Some of it I go, that's fucking rubbish. I don't agree with that at all. No. Like a lot of people that listen to some of the stuff we say, which is cool. Mm. Footy's, that's what makes footy go around. But I think, yeah, when you feel as though you put the air in the footy and you know everything, then, yeah, you're probably a bit of a lost cause and I don't really want to know you. But, no, I'm just saying people, uh, no, people, I, I, people I, are I messaging. I think it's great that, there, yeah, there are more people breaking breaking down footy. That's good, but that's what I mean. People oh. messaging us saying, you know, you watch some TV and they're not really doing much this week in terms of that. You're hearing a lot about this or that or innuendo or other things, things not related to the actual games and it's like well that's but I think I'll... the problem is people watch it so it rates that's what they do so they do it that's like Cause I we thought... need to understand the cycle that we're in as well you used to watch a bit of Sterlo Sterlo used to do a little bit more of that and it didn't rate that well when Fox did it that's my point and that's the point we're getting at that's my point he did a bit more of that on the show but obviously it didn't rate because there's mm. not fart jokes and whatever jokes going on there and it sort of ended up getting the ass. but mm. you know you, we said it the other week I um Towards the Super League thing. I don't watch the Super League as much as you, but the few times I do put it on, the job they do pre and post production in terms of getting the players on and breaking things yeah. down and John Wells on that teleprompter and just the talk in general, they do a much better job in terms of breaking down or providing, you know, what's happening. Joey Joey's pretty good. He he does a little bit post game on whatever enough. night he's on. Like he'll do one or two plays and he's like he's a brain, that bloke. Like he just sees things differently and um, it's not not differently. He sees things so clearly, uh, and I, I love watching him on a Telestrator. But again, it mustn't rate that well. They mustn't value it that well. Maybe Joey doesn't want to want to do it. I don't, I don't know. But the, I think yeah, people are craving that. Craving. That, oh, they uh, want to understand. And if, if anyone's going to make you understand something to do with the tackle, what halves are doing, or why you're doing something, yeah, you'd think a bloody immortal would be a pretty good choice. I think I think Cooper Cronk's unreal. I love listening to Cooper Cronk. Mm. Well, same deal. Very mm. smart one. Shit ton of competition, so he clearly knows what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, just and I just think he's a good human. Like he comes across as just a good dude. Mm. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, you got any other interesting ramblings tonight? No, we had our prezzo last night, Mounties prezzo. So that was there were some interesting speeches coming out of that. Um, mm. Good to catch up with Potsy. We sat down and had a couple of hours with Mick, and he seems in a good space. They're gonna they're gonna go back in late. October. Yeah, well, um, for anyone that didn't say that, he's obviously confirmed a state. Yeah, he's going to be an assistant coach. and So, well-deserved. He's he... getting along quite well with Cameron Serrato, which is, yeah, excellent for Mick. I'm super happy for him, so. Well, on top of that, we know the rugby league world is 
Well, he's been chewed up and spat out once before. Yeah. And it's just good to see that what he did this year is... The Tigers situation was fucking horrendous. Mm. What happened to him was not a reflection of what he is as a coach. That club is just fucking a destroyer of a lot of people. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It left him out in the wilderness. But um, my Mm. point is, to get the opportunity he got this year, I think was well-deserved, and he took it with both hands. And now it's got him in a position where he's obviously on a staff, and he's, like we talked about the other way, a good contributor... And somebody that should be involved in rugby league. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we rolled, uh, rolled that into Prezzo last night into Year 12 graduation today. That was a... What an event that was. Good to About us. a thousand, thousand people packing into a Mount Druid Hall to see 200 graduate. So I had, to, I had to read some names out. I was a year advisor for Year 12. So it's been a big... Since our last podcast, been a lot going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, got the... Public holiday tomorrow, so yeah, thank God. I'm gonna might have a couple of beers now. We finish the finish the pod. I'm sure everyone's pretty happy about the public holiday tomorrow. Bit of free time. Yeah, same strange timing and stuff, but. Mate, what do you do? Yeah, I don't think again if you're a small business and it ruins your week or you got to pay penalty rates or it yeah. hit you, I feel bad for you. But it, also, it doesn't hasn't helped our old man with his small business. Nah, that's what I said to him. Unfortunately, mate, you're on the opposite side of the card. I'm an employee who's getting an extra day off, so I'm not complaining. But well, unfortunately, the the reality is like it's a public holiday, so deal with it. Mm. Um, yeah, like I don't, I don't know what else. A lot of people brought. I don't know what else people. Why was it on the Thursday? I'm pre- well, it's because of Melbourne. Yeah, we've already gone through that. I think. But well, I don't know whether it was. That that seems to be the reason. Well, they've already had a public holiday, so... Mm. Well, they got one, no. It's because they got one on Friday. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. you're not going to double that up, eh? Or push it elsewhere. So yeah, but on... to, to my, my mind there, I go, well, fucking bad luck. Not everyone in Australia gets a public holiday on AFL. Well, they get AFL and the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I know. They it's get plenty. Unreal. Bastards. Unreal if you're in Melbourne. Mm. I don't know. I, I'd like old Valandis get the Everest big enough to get us a day off. And they can put it on during the week. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah, well, then, well, they should just do it on Melbourne Cup. Well, though. what's the other? They, they tried to get one going to Melbourne Cup now, aren't they? The big one or whatever. The Eagle. Is it the Eagle? The Golden Eagle? Or well, something like that. Mm. They tried to make it the richest race. If they get it up to that point, hopefully we get one in the future ourselves. Yeah, I don't That'd think be bloody I don't brilliant. I don't think there's an appetite to give us more public holidays. And speaking of the Super League, Brody Croft. Man yeah, he got being a steal. That's now Well deserved, man. He's. Um, he, he's this decade's Blake Green. Just he struggled, um, showed some good signs, was touted a little bit, uh, got flushed, went to the Super League, won a man of steel. Uh, I think they, I've probably got no doubt Salford would have won if he played against St Helens, and that seems a little bit crazy considering St Helens have been they're shooting for four comps in a row. He, uh, yeah, he didn't play, and they lost by seven points, but. They played the last sort of seven minutes. Um, St Helens down a man, and yeah, they just they needed some direction. And they just yeah weren't quite themselves without him. So mm. well, uh, I think yeah he needs to probably find the right place to come back to and the right fit. Well, and, I think we've established now he's a six because mm. the whole time at Melbourne they said he was a cronk client. Even watching the juniors, I never thought he was a seven. No. He was always a really good runner of the football, but at 20, uh, 20s and the setups he was in prior to come into grade, they gave him two or three years there to develop into a halfback mm. or learn that trade, and it didn't quite pan out. He couldn't handle the responsibility of steering a team, and it took away from... Yeah, the... but just because you're a runner doesn't mean you're not a halfback. No, but that's what I'm saying. It sort of took away from his strengths, so... and I think he got a bit lost. And Then going to Brisbane with what was going on there was probably the worst thing that could happen to him. 
So for him to come back, I you think... You know, my, I'm, I'm biased towards halves. I, you know my opinion on halves. I, I, I err on the other side. I err on... If you feel like you're there, there, it's time to flush him, it's time to give him another year, is my well, opinion. My only point for anyone that... But I, I just... Melbourne fans I look at a lot of players and I go, well, like, has he really been coached? Well, well, it certainly wasn't Melbourne. I don't think you could have a better education than what he had. He was given three years. I'm talking about before that. Coming through. It's, it's very difficult to, to give a player... Three years in an NRL system, well, he and just expect him to click and prior. be an NRL player. I'm not saying that, but I'm mm. saying I thought, particularly when at training, I thought, he wasn't getting the reps. He's not getting the reps. The a, the A reps, the you know your Cronks and your Munsters and your well, I still you know, don't think you're going to get any better chance to develop. My point is they didn't just flush him in one year. He got multiple years down there. It didn't work out. But I think again the role that he's playing. Well, I'm not even talking about Melbourne. Like I don't know why you're no, offensive not, about Melbourne. No, I'm, I'm talking about that. in general. You like you look at him and go, he just he needs to be coached. But also, like we, and you also need to adapt your style to him. We know situation and product placement is also another big thing. So I don't know who his manager is or his thought process. But if he's coming back, I you need to be strategic about where you go. I know you don't always get the option of where you're going to land, mm. but if there's multiple options, he needs to go somewhere with a seven, who's doing more of the steering, so he can focus on the strength of his game. Which for the most part, his running game's outstanding. I don't think you'll be coming back. He was linked to Newcastle, which worries me because, again, they don't have the support network. I no. think that'll put him straight back into a spiral. That's not where he needs he to does, go. He doesn't need that. No, he does not need that. That's for sure. <laughs> but like I said, sometimes I think you need to do exactly what you said, like a greenie or someone to get away and enjoy your football and get back to the basics because obviously it didn't pan out at Melbourne. He probably would have questioned things even further when they replaced him with Jerome Hughes, who wasn't even half. Mm. And then they won a comp 12 months later. And then you go to Brisbane, like I said, I just think everything sort of spiraled. So to get away, clear his head, get back to the basics, enjoy football, and it's led to him being named player of the competition. It's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. He's still young enough, but all about product placement. If he comes back now, he needs to land somewhere with a deep, good coach and obviously I think a good seven next to him. So he's not someone who they're going, you steer the team, you kick, you control, you overthink everything. Mm-hmm. He's best when he's not overthinking. Just run, play your game, pick your moments. Yeah. Uh, he's done a great job. So... Super League Grand Final this weekend. Thoughts? Leeds got a chance? Yeah, they Caesar's do. has been ruled they out. They do, yeah. They, they've got a huge chance. Even with no Caesar? Yeah, oh, that'll, that's going to hurt. Um, Will they move Myler into the halves and put someone else at one, or what have yeah, they done, yeah, you know? I I, no, I don't know. I haven't really looked too much at it this week. But, uh, yeah, I'll be up watching. I think it's Sunday morning our time, so... Um, yeah, it'll give us, give us three days of footy, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and... Sunday, Arve, you got the New South Wales Cup, the Jersey flag and the President's Cups on. So there's plenty, there's going to be plenty of footy to watch. Yeah, well, like I said, Penrith Panthers play the Dogs in New South Wales Cup. The Dogs consistently had a side because their first grade team was out, obviously. Yeah. So they got Bears um, and they got Newtown, obviously, losing Miller and a couple of other guys. That would have been. Mar- Are they going to market? Yeah, they're going to market for that. So with bluebet.com.au, Penrith, heavy favourites in New South Wales Cup, they're $1.26. Can you bet on Fleck? Have they got a Fleck market? No, they don't. Minus 10.5, the line there. The dogs are 375 outside. What's the line? 10.5? 10.5. So I, I think Penrith win that in a canner. So do I, yeah. Bulldogs have done very well uh, to get to that point, but that Penrith Cup side is stacked wide. The NRL team is also absolutely loaded. Um, What's the Super League odds? The Queensland Cup. We talked about that as well. The Dolphins have obviously got four or five guys who have been contracted top 30 next year. They're the favourite, $1.62. Yeah. 
minus three and a half line there. The Devils, who are backing up from last year, obviously lost some quality players. They've sort of been helped a little bit because Brisbane dropped a few back in. Yeah. So they got Gamble, which let them push Jack Ahern to fullback. He's a handy player. Uh, Pia Kuru come back. Tyrant Roberts is back in. So they got their way through the year pretty well. They got touched up a few times because they obviously lost some troops. But uh, I, I slightly lean towards the Dolphins. They got a couple of the Warriors boys in there. But I think Norths obviously have been up and chance to go back to It'd back. be pretty cool for them to... Um, if they um, won after Rowan left and the co-coaching situation and everything. No, no, I'm saying it'd be pretty cool for Redcliffe to win prior to going back Back in, in the NRL. And that's yeah. sort of what I'm thinking. I'm, a couple of guys there are in that NRL setup next What's year. What's the Super League odds? Super League. Where is it? There it is. Super League Ogs with bluebet.com.au. St. Helens are a $1.42 favourite. Yeah. The Ranos are two eighty. at yeah, the moment. I'd have it a little bit closer than that. But uh, $1.42 suggests a bit, there's been money for so St. Helens. Triple header at Convex Stadium on Sunday, if you're interested. President's Cup, um, Hills Bulls, who won Ron Massey. Yeah. Up against the Maitland Pumpkin Pickers, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, Maitland. Maitland are from the Newcastle competition. They got Brock Lamb and a bunch of guys that used to play twenties cup and a few NRL players. They're pretty actually stacked side. Yeah, um, for a local team. So I think they'll win it. I think they'll beat Hills. They're uh, they're pretty impressive looking lineup. I'll give you the tip. And then obviously the uh, NRLW finals start this week. So the Roosters were the ones who went through undefeated. Parramatta got in last week with a win and on for and against. They're heavy outsiders. They're four dollars seventy five up against uh, the Roosters women's team who are a dollar eighteen favorite. And then. Yeah. Knights Dragons played last week. Dragons were obviously looked at as the second favourite team, but they got touched up by the Roosters, and then I'm pretty sure they caught 30 last week from Newcastle. So mm. um, playing two weeks in a row is generally a weird thing, but I don't see anything but a Roosters versus Newcastle Green final. Okay. Um, and then the Roosters and them had a pretty good game the other week. Roosters start late. Isabel Kelly come up with a big moment. So um, the odds there are a bit closer. Dollar fifty-two for the Knights women, two fifty for the women's Dragons team, but. Yeah, if the Roosters don't win this one, they'll be pretty disappointed. That team is oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the women's got a pretty long history of teams coming from third and fourth and actually oh, going on to win it. It's just Brisbane, wasn't it? Brisbane has just been winning every year. Yeah. This year, didn't, didn't the finals. Roosters finish fourth last year and he just get in? I think that's the first time there's been they a big won. upset. Brisbane won everyone prior. Oh, okay, they dominated it. Uh, but with the expansion and the salary cap sort of changes, yeah. they lost Tamika Upton, Millie Boyle, a couple of their key players in the first year. Um, without sort of those extra players, they felt the pinch. Yeah, they were. Uh, isn't the isn't the Prime Minister's eleven game? So, this so where are these ones? So these are standalone at Suncorp, are they? Or are these after? They'd have to be with the Queensland Cup or something. Q Cup, no. So two o'clock Sunday. So this is all all at once, dear lord. Wow. All right. So they're 2 o'clock on Sunday and 4 o'clock on Sunday. So, so I wonder when the Queensland Cup kicks off. Kick up must be midday. Must be first up. It's pretty cool. Mm. No, it's at... Uh, I think it might be at... Redcliffe. At Redcliffe. So they're separate again. 3.15. Yeah, right. So there you go. And Jersey Flag, like you mentioned, Penrith in all three grades... Yeah. Um, had some guy, a lot of guys that played cup during the year dropping back down. Yeah. Obviously, MG's young black Mav, um, Atavula Lazati, who played up. Um, the the Puru twins both played up. They they got a lot of guys that experienced. Damien yeah. Amatawani, I think. I think um, you know Newcastle 
got some good young players. Their, their best one's not there. The young kid who got a debut with a head bin a few weeks ago, Orion Keeley, he's not named. Max mm. Bradbury, the front row, played New South Wales 19s. They've got a couple of handy guys there, but similar deal again. I don't know. Haven't seen enough to judge, but with what Penrith's been able to drop back in the last three weeks in all three grades, I think it's a very, very high chance, up in the probably 90s percent, percentile, that they'll be winning at least two out of three grades. Yeah, I agree. Um, the NRL is the toughest one to win, regardless of situation, but I think they'll win both of those in a canter. And I'm going to say it right now. I don't know who wins the Cup for Queensland Cup, but if the market the week after, if Penrith are through, is anywhere in the low teens in terms of points, I'll be chilling them. Because mm. I think Penrith will light up the winner of the Queensland Cup. Yeah, I agree. Um, but plenty of football, like we said, this week. you got the Friday night is NRL that, when's game. The, when's the PM's 13 game? That's just where you get to, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. The only thing is, with the NRL website, I can't see it anywhere. And there's obviously no betting on it. But I thought it was at Suncorp. I think it's in rep games, isn't it? They sometimes list random things within that scroll bar. Like I could see here, Women's National Championships, 19s, Harvey, Norman, Australian Cup, pre-season. Well, it's not, it can't be on Grand Final weekend, you wouldn't think. No, well, I'm even looking in the internationals here. I think that's on Sunday as well. What is? There it is. PM's 11, Sunday night. So we've got more football. Foxtel, KO. So 7.30 at night. At yeah, Suncorp, so triple header. They've got the two women's games, and then yeah. they've got the PM's 11. There you go. Third, PM's sorry. 13. I'm thinking PM's. of cricket. Coming into summer. Yeah, ba, ba, ba. yeah, ba, ba, ba. yeah beautiful. So, is, uh, they got any of the NRL players for PNG? No, Kyle Laybutt, who's uh, obviously long-term Queensland Cup player, former Cowboy. A couple of the other guys from the Queensland Cup. Dan Russell, but there's no all-arms or those sort of guys are obviously waiting for the World Cup, but there's interesting guys named from Australian side of things, that's for sure. Mm. A few guys that really surprised me. Um, there's also a few I'm surprised are playing considering you know they're going to the World Cup. I wouldn't have played Ben Hunt. No. And I wouldn't have risked Tino given our no. shortage of forge right now either. I think it's just to get some minutes in their legs. Um, you know, there's a, there was a couple of guys like Crichton's just stopped playing. He did, said certainly doesn't need to be playing. No. Um, and then, yeah, there was just a few other names that surprised me like Jake Simkin being named surprised me. There was a few in there that I just sort of blew me away in terms of what was left over like I don't think any of them are going to play for Australia but if we're going to pick out of the hookers it was sort of eliminated I would have taken a Verils or someone else well before I took Jake Simpkin definitely um, then you know there, there was just a few that yeah and then like we, we said about Fafita though like God bless him he had a couple of good games but to be getting a wing spot after three or four first grade games mm. I think that smells You're a sort little, of devaluing the jersey a little well bit. it smells a little bit of Mal Meninga and the Titans connection with a few of the guys who got a couple I don't, of I don't know whether there. it's that but it, mm, I could see that why that would be suggested. Mm. But, yeah, it just interests me a little bit. So, plenty of football this weekend. Heaps. You get the one on Friday, you get a couple on Saturday, then Sunday, stacked. Plenty of games. And then the weekend after, we obviously have Grand Final Day, the triple. With uh, the State Cup Final, the Women's Premiership, and then we'll have the NRL. Be unreal. If it turns into Battle of the West Grand Final, the Parramatta fans out there against the Penrith fans, I've, I've, there's a lot of hate at work. We've got a lot of them. Good. And they just banter and fight every week, and I just sit on the outside and enjoy it. So if that ends up being the Grand Final, I really like the Cowboys. I'd be stoked for them to get in there. But from a viewing point of view, because we, we're neutrals going, I'd love to see Parramatta. I want to see Parramatta, yeah. If Parramatta happens again, and all the shit talk during the week, 
I had one guy the other day just literally mm. telling a bloke, like, I don't know if I could fucking come here and deal with you if fucking Paramount could just give it. Like, he, was, he was dead serious too. Good. He's like, I don't know what I'd do to myself if you fucking win the comp. I really don't. He goes, I'd honestly probably just lick himself up and go for a drive. He goes, I couldn't fucking turn up here and look you in the face and listen to the shit you'd fucking talk <laughs> if Paramount were the cop. They were like literally almost getting into blows about Parapenna. I was like, well, right. these blokes are real fucking serious about yeah, this yeah, right now. Sure. So, getting hefty. And then I told him my story, which I probably haven't told around here, but because you were born year of the eel, there was one particular bloke at work who always talks to me about Parramatta. I said, I call Parramatta Brock. Yeah. And he goes, why? I go, my brother was born year of the eel and you haven't won a comp in the time that he's been alive. And he's like, so how do you develop? So I just, Parramatta is my brother. You know, he's gone to school and primary school and high school and a couple of uni degrees and kids and a family and ticked all these life boxes and you still haven't won a comp. So, yeah. so until you win a comp, I just look at my brother and that's, yeah, look at that old fuck. I saw a court of Parramatta because at this point where he's got to in his life and where he's at, and you blokes still don't want to comp. Yeah. He goes, well, when were you born? I said, the year of the Raider, and they won in 94. So technically, yeah. they got off the hook pretty quickly. You're gone, mate. Yeah. But in terms of the birth year and the thing that I know used to do, that that's sort of the team you're with. So I call you guys Brock. Yeah. You still don't want to comp, and he's up to 30. There you go, mate. He's up to 36, mate. So you, you need to fucking win one pretty soon after. Do something, mate. Yes. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of nervous fans out there. Anything else to add, mate? No, nothing. So there you go. I've got nothing for you. Plenty of football to watch. Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup, Women's NRLW, Super League and the NRL Finals. We'll be back the week after with plenty of content by the sounds of things. We'll try and shuffle in potentially that third show. Review, season reviews, uh, fan questions and talk about what's been going on. And then obviously the big grand final preview. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.